Hi all, Randy Green here and thank you for commenting on Secrets from Beyond the Holy Grail and your personal experiences with the topic of how things have a tendency to be seeded into the collective uh, before some of us pick up on it because new levels of information apparently need to be verbalized and put into the mix. I always think about whether or not I should take the bait because I do get it as a, a, a kind of an input uh, from where different processes will be exercised. And of course, they are coming from different factions that want us to investigate different angles and aspects of reality for whatever reason and purpose. For this one, it was, of course, I know I tapped into a lot of information there. And it's a bigger bit of bit of a mouthful, and yes, it can all be broken down into individual courses or podcasts uh, if I feel so inclined. And there's a lot of good information there. Uh, I think one that needs to be investigated more Sumerian king lines. Uh, one of the comments go into that one. That's a good uh, deep investigation that goes there, and that definitely begs more insights. And it does go with the last um, king that was of the Babylonian lineages. Again, I'm not very good at remembering names. That's because my brain prunes it out. Looking at it prunes it out. I always just get the energy behind and why that's important more than the actual persons that exemplify that energy into our reality. And that, of course, go with the Niburians and some of these lineages that are <clears throat> in the mix and in play of some of the, the bigger things that are going on inside of reality right now, especially in America and the upcoming presidential election. So that's tied to that one, trying to play on some of these energies that were surrounding some of the old kings of the Sumerian lineages when they turned into the Babylonians. But that's where they became the Baals, and that's where that lineage were watered out. And they literally conflicted themselves, let me put it that way, into losing the ability to have the mandate for that position within society and they were then raided or taken over by the Persians. I think is that the way the story goes. So we are having these different fluctuations where different groups crawl to power and then they lose their prerogative due to actions. We saw that with the pharaonic lineages as well and some of their earlier rituals around uh, mummification which I have information of as well and why they lost that ability and what it really meant to be mummified and why they even did so and what it is a symbolic representation presentation of a technology that was lost and onward and so forth. When it comes to the Ashana Dean story about the different Jesuses, it never rang true to me. I'm sorry, it just didn't. For me, that was a way to work with when you have a population where you begin to work with ideas that might go against a specific type of belief system, then these groups that we have heard of so many times before, especially the CRNBs here that were behind uh, some of the information that were given in the Colonic Sciences, they, 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 um, let me put a right word here so nobody gets offended. They saw that to do the transition between one mindset and a more open type of mindset where things could go into a more multidimensional interpretation, they chose a narrative that would not be too offensive, that would be 60% in alignment with the already existing narrative so people would not get emotionally locked down, but would still be open for the new levels of information. 
And then they they put in the concepts of multiple versions of ourselves and different people that were playing different roles in Earth history. And if we go in with the esoterics, there is this understanding that the character of Jesus was overshadowed by the big Syrian. So there you have some kind of similar idea that the human were there. There was kind of a version of the human before he was initiated. And then the, the, he was overshadowed by the great Syrian. And that was the Christ aspect of him. So other groups have worked with that idea as well. And that does not make one story more true than the other. It just shows how these extraterrestrial groups are feeding in different levels of information so that we take the bait, so we feel comfortable with the level of information they're feeding us. And in that way, get access to our thought processes from where they can seed in more information. It's all about code systems. It's all about how do we process information? What do they want us to process so that that we get uh, what we call in alignment with the new reality programs they want to see it in. And that's how I see see these kind of things, not because they are the truth, because she got it from the Guardian Alliances, because we know the Guardian Alliances changed over time. Then it was that group and that group. And I was not part of these groups. I was just seeing it from the outside. So I don't know. I'm not going to be, be a smart girl here and say, oh, I know this, this is whatever. But that's what I got from it. And that could be completely wrong. And I'm not trying to stir up some kind of big argument defending or go against, pro and against and create uh, all sorts of separatistic ideas of who's better and who's not. I'm just saying when it comes to that idea, and that's why I didn't buy into it, it felt wrong. It did not resonate, and I did get that information. We have engineered this in a way so that people would remain open for the new ideas. And yes, there are different timelines where we have different aspects of ourselves, and there are different simulations, but there's always a main timeline where we have the main body. But as I said, I don't know, and I'm not claiming to know, and I'm not going in and say, oh, this was given to me by this or this or whatever faction, and by that is the other and a completely truth, which that information that were given in, in, in that period between 2000 and 2012 had that kind of say, as this is the ultimate truth, which many that have followed that have given off the energy and the radiation of that this is the uttermost truth as worshipping more than actually contemplating upon it, asking questions to it, going in and investigate. Is this, is it just a, a kind of a process of information that is needed for a specific um, process of expansion of who and what we are as human beings. And then it would be there for a period of time and then it would cease to be there, uh, which we know she was said she was only to be a speaker for 12 years and that's it. And it ended in 2012. So again, with that understanding, and then when that ends, there is a purpose for that teaching to cease to be the prominent teachings and other teachings will then come. But humans have this, they are not prone for the flexibility knowledge. They would like to, the majority of humans that are doing this work, they would like to say, I have found the Holy Grail, I have found the level of information, and I'll stick to that. Because that makes me feel good, that makes me feel comfortable, that makes me feel that what I spent 12 years on, invested a lot of money in, that that is the utter truth, and I have not wasted my time. 
I have not put in money in something that that potentially led to nothing, as we're seeing with other levels of information. And we could ask, why does it lead to nothing? And that's the big question I've asked. Why does all of these brilliant techniques lead to nothing? And that's what I got from the Klontek sciences was that they had all of this brilliance, all of these deep, insightful levels of information, much more complex than we have had before. And why did it just end up in that big... Um, May charade where we had all of these revelations that literally tore apart the group. And everybody who was part there, they will have their own explanations. The only thing I can say, I got the intel before, that is that now that's going to be shut down. And that was the intel I got. And we could say, was it done deliberately? Was it done internally? Or was it similar to the ancient groups that we have had over the course of time, spiritual groups, where they they work for a while, but due to the lack of understanding of how to clear energy, the distortion just rises within the group dynamics and eventually to entropy and decay and collapse, like any other civilization. Because whenever we create a group, we create a mini-civilization. Um, I know this is, this is probably going to offend some people and I do apologize for that. Uh, but it's whenever I come up with something, I, there is always these people that are listening to my material that feel the need to justify that material and put it in. And I know I do mention it, but I also do mention Alice A. Bailey. I also do mention Blavatsky. I also mention Rudolf Steiner. I also mention a lot of other prominent figures that have been there, done their piece, and then ceased to be there, and their teachings have been forgotten. And there are always the news that come in and rebranded and say, we have got the answers, and then they are the answers for a time being, and then they subside, and then other answers come. And that is with what we could say, the only thing that Blavatsky really said about the age-less wisdom is that it pops up here and they take different forms and change according to what people need to hear in that time and era that they are in. And that is how, for me, that's most important with all of these teachings, not to say that one is more true than the other and then begin a debate and create dichotomy and and separation and the human mindset of this is more important than the other, but going in and say, okay, what what is it that they want to show us that we needed to undo as a crystallization? What is, where do we need to become more flexible? What is it that we need to develop with these teachings? What are they showing us of consciousness capacities that we can dive into? And once we have then understood that process, then we let it go. We don't cling on to it and say, this is the ultimate truth. We say that was a truth for a time being, like science do as well. This is a theory. This is how we think it works. And then work with it for that time being and then let it go. And then eventually something else will come up or we will have gained insights by working with that material that either tells us this is not us or this is us, all depending on our gene code sequences and who and what we are and where we come from. So in, in that manner, when we begin to really talk about energy work and awakening processes, going in and say one information system is more true than the other would be like, like cutting off the branch that we're sitting on because that pushes us into polarity and opposition and segregation. And then it just becomes another religious belief system and not a process of expansion and progression and how we learn to work with energy and how we learn to work with information, 
how we deal with the information that's given to us. What do we do with what we learn? What do we do with the sciences that we get? What do we do with the understandings that are being provided to us? What did I do with, uh, again, the the only full lecture or speak I have seen were some of the things that were handed out for free on YouTube before it was taken down years ago. And uh, the Carrie Cassidy interview of Ashiana Dean, where I saw some of the Syrian B sciences. And some of it rang true, and some of it was a little bit, yeah, that one is engineered in a specific way to to show a concept, but it's not accurate because the accurate level is too complex. And she says that as well. This is this is just representation. I get them as downloads, and they're just representations. But those who study, they begin to say, no, these are actual literal sciences, similar like we look at the atom and say, that's how the atom looks. We know it doesn't, but we can't really grasp these otherworldly concepts. Hence, we are creating concepts that we can grasp. But then the human mind wants to cling on to these human concepts because we have made them. So they mean something to us. They are important for us. And that gives us perhaps status or power or some position in a world where everything's out of chaos. It just gives safety, perhaps. And taking that away is like getting the rock pulled away beneath our feet. And then there's nothing. Again, there's nothing. And then we have to rise up again to the occasion and say, okay, again, it was taken from me. Again, there's nothing for me to cling on to. Again, I'm standing here in the middle of chaos where nothing is in order, where nothing is as I want it to be. Or as we go into the level of... um once we reach some of the other dimensions, some of the first layers we encounter there as fights from distortion and entities and what have you could be senses of fragmentation, complete fragmentation and chaos and confusion. And if we have the need from our human mind, which many, that's a kind of a defense mechanism, a psychological defense mechanism. I cling on to this belief system, as we saw in the early Christians as well. And they thought literally that whatever that character was, whether it was real or not, and we can say this is this is based upon the idea that there was a man walking on the earth that was called Jesus, and he was a Jew, and he did give these teachings, whatever they were, as they are exemplified in the Gospels. The sayings that were exemplified in the Gospels, which later writers took and created into a story. But the sayings lingered on, that's the scholastic uh, interpretation of it. Uh, as well as I've said certain things and people remember what I say or you said, you said something, something and people remember what you said. And then later on, it, as it was uh, in, in the time period, it was common ground that you created a story around it as we are seeing in, in our society as well. Someone is saying something and they create a half fiction, half true story about something. Right today we call that something else, but that's that's what the gospels are in essence. Because if it was the truth, why there four different versions? Right. So in that way, say well, to come up with the answer to that one would say okay, there are four different gospels that literally portrays four different types. So the easy thing would be to come up with a story which the Syrian bees did. Oh, that was because there were four different. There was the, there were Jesus D6 and Jesus D12 and, and the physical Jesus that got crucified or whatever the story was. That would make it easy to understand. Oh, that's why there are four different Gospels. And then that would solve that insecurity and that doubt and that questioning to the material, giving the answer. So the questioning would be taken out of the equation. Because when you really go in and look in, in, in religious systems, 
where there can be openings for questioning, then it's, then it comes into, to, there is this opposition of doubt. And that is, if you do feel doubt about the system, then you can doubt further up, including the ones that you get the information from, be it the angels or the guardians or the way showers or whatever. And if you have doubt, well, then you are not fully engaged in the process of whatever is being presented to you, which some of these groups that have pre, that are the founders of some of the world religions figure out a long time ago. The teachers, we could just call it in a nice way, that provided new levels of the information. We had some of the oldest Buddhist teachings that were taken up by Nagayuna, and he created a new system to shut down some of the questioning. You had Paul that went in and took down the system of some of the old Jews. He was Jew himself, but he changed it due to his vision of the risen Christ and closed down some of the questions there. And then people made it into a, a place where they would feel safe, where they would feel that this world of chaos suddenly had meaning, had purpose from where they could thrive. Because that's a human need to create meaning and purpose in a chaotic world where we find meaning in what we do. And that's part of the awakening too, that we find meaning in why we're doing this. Life is difficult. Life hurts. Life is a process of things that feels unpleasant. We go through so many different stages everyday life. And there it would be nice to say it has a purpose. It has a function that my pain can be used for something productive, that my pain can be used for something that leads to some outcome that has a higher meaning. So at least whatever I'm going through is not pointless. Because as Viktor Frankl figured out in, in when he did his study of people that came out of the other end of the Second World War and what they had experienced in the different camps was that the ones that kept the understanding that this has a purpose, this is a learning lesson, this is, this is something where me and God, like in the story of Job, I can go in and prove that I actually have a true connection to something that's bigger than myself. Similar like people out in the ocean after uh, where the ship has gone down, the ones that survive are the ones that have a purpose and a meaning of why they need to survive. If we have that, that's the existential psychotherapy that I'm schooled in, and that's where I have got my license. So when we go in and understand that our psychodynamics can be eased out, when we have a meaning and a purpose. And that's why I studied theology as well at the University of Copenhagen, because I knew this dynamic from being a psychotherapist and I knew from all of my training uh, as a licensed psychotherapist. And I'm saying it this way because in Denmark, we have a specific way when we say we take an education. In America, that means you do it on your own. No, I'm licensed professional. I got paper on it. I examined in it. So it's, it's completely legit. And it's like any other education that you will take that will give you the license to do uh, what you do in America on the same level, just to put that in context. Due to the differences in languages that has been thrown at me as well, that, yeah, you've just done this on your own. No, it's professional licensed psychotherapist. That's why I keep putting it in there, if anyone should have any doubt. Similar with the bachelor degree in theology. So when I went there, the idea was that I wanted to go in and investigate. First and foremost, I had some old ideas of how to translate the, the Hebrew Bible and what that meant and learn it in its original language, including the gospels in Greek and, and some of the, the church fathers in Latin and learn what they actually said by the translation just to discover that it is consensus based that the old texts, they are translated in that way. That's based upon consensus. 
consensus. The scholars have agreed on that. That word means this, and that word means that. When we know, for instance, in ancient Greek, that a one word could have many different meanings. Saint Paul, he played with the words. He put in uh, suffixes and prefixes to the word to change the difference. Similar, when you go with Hebrew, you have the root of the word that means many different things, including the name Jesus. It's the root of meaning uh, containing something. So is that the Holy Grail in itself? That's another angle. So that goes with that name. So was his real name even that, or was his actually different? And was that made up for the gospel so it would show that he was containing the word of God, as we see it in the gospel of John? Or was it that he was containing the lineage of Noah, being the truthful king, going to the Baals, going to Chaldea, and the different lineages there? I have a vision of the young Jesus being taught by the, the, the magicians of Chaldea in some catacombs under the temple of Jerusalem, where they were showing him magical things with fire. Is that a true one, or is, is, is that some kind of secret information? I don't know. And and seeing this whole vision of him leaving his family, he was married, he left it behind, leaving and going out because he was called to do whatever, and there he got this infusion and changed and changed into something else, and onward and so forth. We all have our different visions regarding this, but the what I do with that information is I said, that's very interesting, but could be an interception. I'm not going to go out and say, I know this because I've seen it in a vision or as St. Paul did when he had the vision of Jesus and was struck blind for three days and, and that made him a missionary and believing he knew the truth. That's how they tamper with us. They give us this information so we can take the bait, literally. So for me, when we talk about these things and for you that are commenting here and you say, well, I thought it meant that or I've studied it and it meant that or that person said it meant that or whatever. Let's just say, well, we don't know, do we? But what's the idea behind information? What is it that we need information for? We need information to expand our knowledge base. The more we know, the better we are asking questions. But also, the more we know, we have a tendency to get very rigid and stop asking questions. So that's the conundrum. That's the catch-22. How do we gain enormous amount of information and keep ourselves fluently, investigatively in all the things that we engage in? So we don't use the human concept of meaning and purpose and safety and comfort zone and positioning ourselves in a chaotic world, but instead learning to say this world is chaotic. This life can be joyful, but it can also be very unpleasant. How do we stay balanced in both? How do we learn to process information, investigate it as if it's something new every time we encounter something? And at the same time, understand that the information in itself is a code system. Information in itself is a process of learning. Information in itself is something we can use to develop our neural network. When we develop our neural network, we develop the electrochemical processes of our body. And what does that do to ourselves? How does knowledge play into the developmental processes of ourselves? 
And that again goes in when we talk about food and we talk about some of the different blood types and we talk about the different lineages and all of these things. And that's where the investigation is not to rely 100% on what others are telling us, including me. I'm just giving you seeds for thought or food for thought where you go and you take the seed as we know from one of the gospels where where the character Jesus talks about the different seeds. The seeds are the words of God are like seeds. And that means that whatever heavenly information you can get and just there put as if it's the word of God because that's the context and that was more suitable for the, the Jews he was talking to. They were very much into the idea of one God and that God was governing their life to entirety. Hence, he needed to talk that way. If he would have talked in a more modern language today where within a group in Denmark, for instance, he would have said things completely different. Everything is contextual. And St. Paul's also discovered that when he was talking to the Greek, he used Greek uh, uh, metaphors and he was speaking in a language they understood. You know politicians today, they do the same thing. They they target their group they're talking to and they create a narrative that fits the group they're talking to so that group understands the message that they want to uh, bring about. So what is the message? What is the message of the Colantics? They were telling us there are multi-dimensions from where we can grow into expanded awareness in these different dimensions. How do we do that that depends on the gene code. They gave some very important information that is more important than the narrative of whom or whatever or whatever was going on. But that was made so because you were talking to a very religiously founded group that already had their mind set culturally in being in the country of God himself and being the proponents of that idea that that country was special. And that country, as we also see it from the Mormons and other religious groups that had the ones that went to America, they were supposed, as we know from Blavatsky, to seat the sixth root race. So that's some of the things that are important when we go in. Why are these groups there? Why have they targeted America? Because that's the what we could say the the agenda that was seeded in by Blavatsky. Was it true? We don't know. Was it something she was told or she came up with and that made her go to America? Was that an excuse that made her go to America from Russia? Similar like Alice Bailey also went to America because she had the same idea. Was that something that was given? Is that something to elevate the American people to be the the last nation of humans on, on earth, so to speak, that goes with the pioneer spirit when they left from Europe, a kind of spill over what they were given? I've seen some of my visions when I was in America, some of the ones that were a part of Mayflower, what they were told, what they were told they would begin to seed a complete new type of human civilization. And that's why they went there. They went there with that conviction. And that is part of the subcultural tendencies that are floating around in America to this day. And if that's the case, then you begin to understand why perhaps, I'm not saying it is so, I'm just speculating, why it is so that perhaps that faction created that story with a different type of Jesus to feed into that already 
subcurrent that were there behind the, the American psychology, whether it's known or unknown, it's infused everywhere. It's tying America together to think that this is the special country that is under the 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 recognition of some kind of divine powers. That's old Baal, and that's what they did in Sumeria, and that's what they did in Babylonia, and that's what they did in 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 all of the ancient cultures. No matter what, that's what they did in the cities were under the protection of a specific god. So the land was under the protection of a specific god and what have you. So that's just that mindset. So how do we grow out of these antiquated mindsets that creates division? And that's one of the big takeaways I have from the Bailey material is that we need to look in the way we process information so we don't create division. So we work on the idea of learning to work together as a team, as a unity, not as one, because we're not at one mend as in atonement at one mend, like the Kalantics talk about. But if because we're not one, we are very, very dissimilar but we are part of the same field. And by our action in that same field, we affect the field in total. We are part of a collective. We're not an island. So what we do have an effect on the joint field we are part of. What we do have an effect on others. That's the first law uh, that you know from the Gospels as well. Do unto others. So that's principle one. What you do, others can do as well. And you are the first of many. So what you do will impact the world. You will seed in and become the seeder of a new type of awareness. And that's, for me, that's most important when we talk about working with information. What do we do with the information we get? How do we work with that information? What, what are we, what are we alluding to? What kind of energy is infused in that information? What kind of energy are we really seeding in when we work with that information? And that goes back to the, the, the allegory or the parable, the parable where Jesus talked about the seed, the word that comes to each person, the knowledge, the secret knowledge that each person can get is received in different ways. For some, it goes into a rocky ground. That means you're already stubbornly pre-cognizant in specific ways that this is the way the world is and I'm not receptive for anything else. And that seed of change will literally just fizzle out and die. And then there are some levels where there is some kind of soil that is receptive, but then the wind comes and then the rain comes and then the sun comes and then it's watered out because the soil was not strong enough to hold that new idea, that new seed of information. And then there's the good soil where it goes down and then it really goes deep. And then even though the sun comes and the wind comes and the rain comes and whatever hurricanes and whatever happens, it continues to grow and it grows and it grows and becomes a tree of knowledge where that really really has rooted in on all levels of reality from the deep levels of the roots to the highest levels of the crown of the tree in the sky. And that's the passage, as we know from shamanic teachings and Yucteresil and the tree of life and the center of the earth and all of the religions that talk about that the center point of where the, the ones that really climbs to the elevation processes, they know how to go deep and they know how to go high. And they typically use either a ladder or they use the tree of life or whatever it is, all of these allegories that alludes to the same concept. 
And one of the things Blavatsky she worked with was the idea that everything is rooted in that's the ageless wisdom. It is rooted into some basic concepts that different groups within humanity interpret differently over the course of time, so that we can progress via the different root races that we are part of. Blavatsky seeded that in in the 1800. So we have the, the 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 original root races that are seeded in, and then we have the sub races, and each one of these have a different specific way of working with reality, and that is what we call the lineages, and that's the idea. And where does she get that idea from? She could have gotten it from she was very highly influenced by some of the Tibetan monks that she was part of, so that could be rooted in Buddhist term what we call cosmology. We don't know. We can speculate. Or she said she got it from some some masters, some ascended masters, and what have you that seeded that in. Who were these ascended masters? Was it the Great White Brotherhood, or was it someone else? They played with the same level of information. So we have had it in different aspects and different angles over the course of time. And that's why nobody can really claim, I got the true version of it. No, you got your version of it. It might be true to you, but it's not the same as true to everybody. Because if we go with the idea of different root races and different sub-races that process information differently to develop different levels of the racial grids, to develop different types of organic vessels, to develop different types of consciousness structures, to develop different types of energy units from where reality can live to its highest potentials within different groups of civilizations, within different settings, with different, different concepts and ideas of what reality is, well, then we we begin to understand, okay, it's not our job to go in and say we are the ultimate top level of civilization, which we're not. We're just another sub-race within another root race, within another reality field. And what is our main task in that? And that is to progress and develop and investigate and figure out what reality truly is, and then learn how to deal with the different energetic units as they present themselves in food, or in biology, or in reality, or in our everyday life or whatever level we are looking at, because each level has a different aspect to it that we can learn how to manage, administer and transform energy. So for me, that's the takeaway of the teachings. When I look in, I say, what is the main idea here that is important for the progressive transformational dynamics more than to elevate my ego structure in some kind of argument where I can go in and say this or that or whatever, or he or she said so, and by that, that's the truth, and then start uh, thought processes or threats or comments beneath a video where then it, instead of being a, a process of exploring information, leading to transformational processes that leads to progression of our consciousness, where we learn to work together and figure out what's the key points in this, what is important here, what is the takeaway so we can learn to work as a team. Teamwork. So we can challenge or deal with the challenges at hand. And that is, and that we say, how do we deal with the challenges at hand? There are so many. Exactly. That's where we need the multidimensional aspect of reality and the multifaceted understanding of the different levels of the faction, which the Kalantics brought in. They brought that part of the information in. And then there was a lot of it that was a little bit more kind of, okay, perhaps a little bit less useful as things are now. They were useful back then. 
but they're not so useful anymore because time has changed. Things have shifted. The different groups that are here are different than they were 20 years ago and onward and so forth. So how do we adapt the knowledge that's been given over the course of time to both be historically correct so we can clear the timelines and kind of dissolve what we have got affiliation with these thought patterns and code systems and what keeps us stuck in the past. And what can we derive from it that is a dynamic, a psychodynamic, a process that will lead to further progression of who and what we are now? What can we take from the different teaching systems that teaches us to progress, that teaches us to learn to deal with changes, that teaches us to learn to evolve as human beings into the highest version of what we can be as humans so that we really begin to understand that we are responsible for who and what we are. Others are responsible for who and what they are, but we are all responsible for the world that we are part of. And if we learn to work as a team, then that world would definitely look 10 times better, more than who is right, who is wrong, who has the highest level of knowledge, who has the lowest level of knowledge, who is on which side of whatever side of the fence and onward and so forth. All of these segregation, separatistic ideas that leads to different forms of clashes between mindset, clashes between emotional structures, clashes between biological vessels, all depending on what level that you are having the the opposition and the, trans, the, the polarity, so to speak. So the whole purpose of all of this is when we look at polarity dynamics, as I teach in the transition sciences, how do we turn opposition dynamics into transformative processes where we learn to take A and B that are clearly in opposition to each other in the triangle and find the other highest point, the synergy like Hegel talked about. How do you create synergy out of oppositions? That was his contribution to some of the psychodynamics and energetic dynamics we need to learn to work with and onward and so forth. Everybody has a contribution to the puzzle of how do we as a civilization reach our highest potentials and what is the pathway to get there and how do we combine the information, the snippets, the windows of opportunity that are bleeding through and giving us information and when is it deception, when it is interception and when it is fed into our brain for reasons and purposes and should we then take the bait, should we get hooked and investigate it further, or should we just let it go because we can see that type of energy is something we do not want to engage in. So what I'm here saying, and I'm saying it without saying it explicitly, the reason why the Sumerian uh, uh, grail and the whole lineages and all this, that's because of the 2-8 pillar. The reason why it's important to understand the Baals and their dynamics is due to the upcoming election in America. And that is going to, <clears throat> again, have a huge purpose and a function that for some will be the revival of a lineage that thought to be long gone because they played out their role back in the Baal, um, Madukian ages of the last king of um, Sumeria or Babylon. And that's that lineage they're trying to revive. But is it really the lineage or just the bloodline that is in play? Because whatever is surrounding that bloodline, is it conducive for the world that we have now? What will that actually bring to the surface when we think about what the 2-8 pillar actually is about and the clearing of the lineages of the civilizations? And that's why that collective information is begin to being seeded into humanity. 
What is it that we need to get when we clear the lineages and the root races and what level of information has been given there and what is our job to do here? What is that we're supposed to learn within these different root races? Why were they even seeded in? And yes, I know the Kalantics also come with an idea of what that is. And some of these ideas are also productive, but not the, the true angle. There are many angles. Reality is a pattern of information. And it's up to us to decode that pattern of information, not because it makes us teachers or we go out and gain power, but because that will teach us how to work with our energy system. It will teach us how to work with our lineages and where we came from and why we were seeded into this reality or chose to come into this reality. Why are organic vessels were as they were in the beginning before the colonization? And why they changed the different root races and why they genetically altered these different root races to be linked up to different factions and different other dimensional programs. For me, that's the takeaway more than anything else, that whatever we are is connected to different levels of reality. And that's what we need to learn to master. And whatever <clears throat> tool and whatever method we use, <clears throat> sorry about that, on the different levels, are part of these different energetic layers where we learn to transform energy. And I talk about this in the transition science courses with the transformative energy system, including the advanced course on nutrition and the advanced course of the rotundum, as well as the advanced clearing work. Some of these ideas of how we actually then do it, because here I'm just sitting in the ideas of it can be done. But then the question is, how do we do it? And that's in the whole academy course material. And yes, there you will say, well, that's the sciences behind Randy. It's not the actual implementation. Well, let us just say I'm showing you a recipe on how to bake a cake. I'm showing you these are the ingredients, this is how it should become, and this is the way you do it. But you have to put out the things of the cupboard, you have to take out the, the ingredients, and you have to take out the bowl, and you have to take out the whisker, and you have to put the cake together. Nobody can teach you that. Only you, by doing it, you can get the sciences, you can get the recipe, you can get the ingredients, what is needed, but it's up to you to find the ingredients, it's up to you to actually bake the cake, and it's up to you to complete what is needed in that cake. It is up to you to put it together and turn it into a cake. And then, of course, you can eat it. That will be your benefit from um, your hard work there. The same with the sciences of any forms of activation and awakening process. So that would be my little response to some of the comments that have been there already. And thank you again for giving this input that um, pushes me a little bit to elaborate more on the information. And uh, with that one, I will say thank you for chiming in one more time. And until next time, again, I know I'm very adamant when I talk about these things, but I feel the importance of it. And that's all you hear in my voice. Uh, I know things can be delivered in many different ways. This is my way of doing things and you will do it your way. Come on, find your way to do it and figure out how you can join the field of all of us that are trying to change the world into a better place. Thank you.